Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Kurt Sasek. Kurt is a former chef turned LinkedIn coach, and I'm really looking forward to this chat. I'm a big LinkedIn fan, and it's probably my favorite uh, social media platform, really. So I think we are going to, that might be one avenue, but more importantly, I'm interested in talking about Kurt. So welcome to the podcast, Kurt. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. As I said, I'm a big LinkedIn fan, uh, but uh, I know you you wear a few hats with with what you do as well. So just give our listeners a bit of an idea of, of what you do at the moment. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Uh, can you tell our listeners a bit about what you do? Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I didn't, didn't quite make it out. Yeah, so yeah, as you said, I'm a former chef turned LinkedIn coach. So here's a little bit of backstory, which will help explain that. Um, prior to the pandemic, I started going on LinkedIn again. Uh, you know, after like 10 years of like never being on it. And, you know, I went on, I was reading messages from like 2012 (laughs) that I never opened. So, uh, but then the pandemic hits and I realized that, um, you know, you know, everything can go south literally overnight. And I, like a lot of people always only had one job and one source of income and I still have a job, but my salary was cut because, you know, COVID hurt our business. And I thought, you know, I mean, you can't be blamed if something happens to you, but you can be blamed if you are not, if you have not put yourself in a position where you can protect yourself. So uh, from that point, I realized, you know what, I need to brand myself. I need to, to take steps to make sure that no matter what happens with the economy or the world or whatever, I, you know, I, I have financial freedom and stability. So that really started my journey uh, two years ago into just learning everything I can about branding myself and using LinkedIn as a vehicle to do that. So uh, I've spent for the past two years, about three hours a day on LinkedIn. I've taken a few courses. And so I got to a point to where I was like, you know, I don't want to brand myself as a chef or a spirits and wine guy because that's the industry I work in now. I want to, I thought back to my pain point, which was, I don't know how to do this whole social media thing. I don't know how this works. I don't even yeah. know where to start. So I thought, you know, I want to help people do that um, because also LinkedIn is, is the best social media platform when it comes to converting leads to clients out of any of the platforms. So at, at any rate, to get to, 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 to close that answer, um, after all that time, I realized, you know what, I'm in a position now where I can teach. So I coach people, I help them uh, uh, use LinkedIn to grow their network and grow their business. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, um, that's so interesting how you've done that pivot. And or, or really, I, I love what you said about, okay, uh, you know, we're not, uh, what we are responsible for is, is if we see an opportunity sort of making sure that we take that and, um, 
and and being responsible for ourselves and taking ownership and and i think i agree i think linkedin is a massive opportunity um and i mean i can't wait to chat about your story in a second but i, I can't help but start talking about LinkedIn a little bit because I'm, I'm such a big LinkedIn fan. For me, I see, you know, entrepreneurs, LinkedIn is lead generation. For those who are looking for a promotion, LinkedIn is your personal brand. For those who are CEOs of companies with 5,000 people, whatever your focus is, LinkedIn is maybe the opportunity for you to be a thought leader or to connect with thought leaders. You know, it's, um, it's opportunities for those in business are just, from what I've seen, and to do organically as well, which is what I love about LinkedIn. Other channels, uh, you know, they sort of force you into paid, but LinkedIn, you can do a lot organically. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, there's 750 million users on LinkedIn and, and barely 2% are creating content. So um, what does that mean? Plenty of opportunities. Think of it as, a, uh, as an oil field, but nobody has an oil well. There's just, it's just so much ready to be tapped. Yeah, that's so good. I didn't realize that 2%. Wow. Well, before we get into, <laughs> into more LinkedIn, which we definitely can, and uh, it's great to to meet you. And, and hopefully there'll be a bunch of listeners who this is the timely thing for them to actually get some help with LinkedIn and they'll come, uh, you know, come your way, Kurt. That, that's always what I love doing. Um, but I want to find out a bit of your story. So before the pandemic, before <laughs> being a chef and, and, your other, and your other roles, even back to childhood, as you think back, what are some of the moments early in your life that really, uh, I guess, shaped you becoming the person and the leader you are today? Well, those moments would be my parents because I grew up in a very uh, loving and supportive household. No trauma, no drama. Uh, even when my parents got divorced when I was nine, they put me first. So they didn't, you know, they, there wasn't like court battles and fighting and stuff like that. They put me first. So I, you know, I, well, I'm, I'm just the product of a very good upbringing. I mean, we weren't rich. We were middle-class. Um, I wasn't spoiled, but I had what I needed. And, and uh, I've always had, you know, support and love and, and so on. So I, I'm fortunate in that regard because there's a lot of shit parents out there. Um, and, uh, you know, anytime I go Sorry. to Walmart, I'm reminded why I didn't have kids. And, um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, well, well, you know, what's that saying? Walmart is the best form of birth control. Um, <laughs> I've but, never, um, I haven't heard uh, that. Yeah, well, you have now. So, uh, but That's anyways, um, you know, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just the result of, of two parents who, you know, really put me first and, and did everything to make sure that I had what I needed to grow up to be a healthy individual. So, uh, you know, I, I'm lucky. That's really, I think, I mean, I, yeah, I did the work, uh, you know, learning and, yeah. you know, uh, in, and in my jobs, I, you know, I've always gotten good reviews on my work ethic and everything. But again, uh, I owe all that to my parents. No, I love, I love hearing about that because it's, um, you know, I even had a leader recently where we ended up chatting the whole podcast about, um, really the leadership lessons he learned from from his dad and uh which which was just really lovely and we don't always do that and there's no no plan to spend the whole time there today but uh as you think back to your childhood with your parents and like you said when so many people don't have 
and so many so many people do have drama and trauma filled childhoods are there any moments in particular where you remember how your parents managed a particular situation that really stuck with you and taught you a life lesson um, that you've been able to apply like any of those pivotal sort of situations that really stand out uh, you know, I can't think of like one in particular where like, oh, I was at a football game and this happened or whatever. It was just more the general, shall we say, for lack of a better term, practices. Like, for example, if I was doing work around the house, my father would tell me, you know, do it right. Do it 100 percent or don't do it at all. Um, so it's not that there was one moment, you know, like you see in the movies where I don't know, there's a flashback and 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 there's a moment to the, I don't know, the superheroes youth or I, I don't know uh, like that. It, it was just more um, uh, just the, 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 the everyday, the consistency of everyday practices uh, that instilled in me what I am, if that makes sense. It does. So fast forward, you that that was obviously, like you said, really foundational for you and, you. and you have to look at that and go, well, that that really shaped a lot of who you are and, and a lot of the success you've had as well. But as you grew older through those teenage years, you know, 20s, uh, thir- like 30s, early sort of career for you, Kurt, are there any moments that stand out that were real aha moments where you realized how you're wired or where you dropped the ball and made it, you know, as Tim Ferriss calls it, favorite favorite failures, which I love, you know, like we all have those things that at the time are horrible, but then later on you go, that was pretty crucial for my, my life that I, that I did actually realize that from that failure, like any, any of those sort of moments in your earlier career? Um, well, I started out uh, cooking at 15. I started a pizza hut. That doesn't really count, but that's where I started. Uh and then I, I just sought out the best, best places I could work. So there I'm going to go back to consistency of working for good places and building those habits. I guess one thing that, I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons, but there's one that I remember uh, when I was 22, I was sous chef of a restaurant and it was a good restaurant and it was busy. The chef had left or got fired suddenly, uh, abruptly. I don't remember um, exactly what but anyways he was gone pretty abruptly so me being the ranking sous chef they put me in charge until they could find a chef so i was running the kitchen for like a month and you know i wasn't taking days off i was working i knew the kitchen you know i had the respect of the front and back of the house whenever i ran the kitchen everything ran smoothly so after a few weeks i went to the executive chef of the hotel uh and and i said hey look you know i want the job man and he said, Kurt, you're not ready. And I was pretty pissed off because I thought, wait a minute, I've been running it for a few weeks. There's no issues. I have the respect of everybody. And, and, and I was running the kitchen better than the other dude. And he said, well, Kurt, there's things you don't know that you don't even know you don't know. And it, 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 he said something to the effect that when, you know, it's like giving a 16-year-old a uh, Ferrari. Yeah, maybe they know how to drive it, but they don't really know how to own it and drive it. You know, so <clears throat> fast forward to like eight years later when I was executive executive chef in New York City, there is an issue yeah. that happened with an employee and, and I handled it well. And I remember sitting in the office thinking, shit, 
that bastard was right, meaning the other chef, because I didn't like him. I didn't really care for him. He was kind of a shoemaker. Because uh, some chefs are good in the office and some chefs are good in the kitchen. Uh, or some chefs yeah. have a good balance. He was neither. But uh, but um, that's, <laughs> that's why I won't mention his name. But but I did learn that fantastic lesson from him. So I'll always remember him for that and be grateful for that. Uh, and so anyway, so I was sitting in my office after that incident with that employee. And, and I had handled it really well. And I remember thinking, you know, if if that was me, if that would have happened eight years ago when I was the, the sous chef in that restaurant, I wouldn't have been able to handle it that way. But the thing is, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And you can't replace the maturity that comes with time. So that's probably one of the more, one of the bigger lessons I learned. Yeah, that's good. I, I think there's, um, yeah, I think there's a great listening there. So uh, this is, this is a question that comes to mind. <laughs> What did you learn as an executive chef that you've applied in your uh, sort of work in LinkedIn? Well, uh, I would say my attention to detail and customer service. For example, whenever I get a client, mm -hmm. whether it be with LinkedIn uh, um, or in any other job I've had, I have uh, personalized cars I bought on Etsy. I, I mean, I didn't buy those shitty Hallmark things you get at Walmart or, you know, that everybody and their mother can buy. I got something personalized with my name on it. Uh, heavy stock paper with the colors that I use and I got the right color ink. I even went through and tested about uh, eight different pens till I found something that looked the way I wanted it to look on the paper or on the card stock. And so I, I send them a thank you letter. I have personalized envelopes as well. And then I, I melt wax on the back of the envelope and put a seal with my initial, just like, you know, if you remember like the old movies from the medieval time where they used wax to seal a letter. So uh, the, that, that attention to detail in that customer service that makes people feel, you know, special and, you know, that, that, and shows that personal touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I love that. And, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of handwritten letters. Um, so I think that that personal touch is so underrated. We, we focus on such complex things, but that little touch can make such a difference in someone feeling thought of, uh, and, and it being memorable and just, just feeling like, okay, yeah, Kurt really, really does care about me. I'm not just a, not just a client. And, and all you've done is actually taking the time to do something very simple to express that. So I think that's, yeah, that's I, and I can see the connection because you would, as an executive chef, you would you're getting. It must be a job where you get the most transparent feedback because you're literally finding out, <laughs> like from from people, you're watching people um, consume your product in, in front of you, and uh, that that side of it I've always found fascinating about being a chef. Yeah, I mean it. it uh... <clears throat> Well, in any customer service industry, you're going to get more complaints than anything. But um, yeah, it, it, um, it, you know, working in hospitality, I mean, five-star hotels and resorts are the pinnacle of customer service. So, you know, I could say that, that I can take those skills and apply them in a way that other people can't. And then, of course, yeah, the other absolutely. thing I took from being an executive chef is, you know, when you're a chef, you have to train. And over the years, my training's gotten better, as, as one would hope, you know, whatever skill you're doing, you would hope it would get better over time. But 
one of the things I excel in is breaking things down into easy to understand, uh, shall we say, bite-sized tidbits, uh, more actionable, easier to, to swallow steps. You know, so in other words, I, I excel at breaking things down in, e in an easier to understand manner for people to follow, even if it's something complex. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now that makes sense. And I can see how you'd, do, you'd learn that because you'd have to be doing that as an executive chef. Um, so let's, let's talk LinkedIn. Uh, first of all, for those listening who have never really lent in to LinkedIn, they've never really given it a go. They're an entrepreneur, they're a manager, they're, a, they're an executive, a CEO, a head of school, whatever it is, they've never really given it a go what would be your sort of introduction? I know you mentioned this a little bit before, but an introduction to why most people that you've come across should consider and, uh, you know, and the potential of, of what they can achieve in, on LinkedIn. Well, a few reasons. One, <clears throat> as I mentioned before, there are 750 million users on LinkedIn, but only 2% are creating content. So you're talking about a wide open field of opportunity. Two, if you take all the social media platforms and you look at the rate of conversion, meaning the rate that you can convert uh, uh, leads into clients, LinkedIn uh, outperforms the, the comp, uh, all the other social media platforms by like two to three times. It's, it's pretty significant. So, um, and then another thing about LinkedIn, it's not like Facebook where you don't have a bunch of crap, uh, political or this or that. And I'm fine with getting in a political debate, uh, but, on LinkedIn, it's more professional. And another great thing about LinkedIn is this. Some of my clients mm. will say, oh, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to shoot a video or I don't know what to post or this or that. You know, if you go through and you looked at through LinkedIn and you find people's first post and they'll put something like, hey, I'm shy. This is my first post. I don't know what to do. LinkedIn is incredibly supportive. You'll only see people rooting for people. Like in Facebook, if somebody put that, they probably, you know, bash you or you know or, or whatever so but uh, on um but on linkedin it's incredibly supportive and and you know what, what i tell people is think of branding yourself remove the word brand when you talk about personal mm -hmm. branding remove the word bland remove the word bland and replace it with insurance or investment because that's what you're doing yourself <laughs> for yourself when you invest in your brand you're investing in yourself and you know, your, your brand yeah. is what's going to get you speaking gigs. Your brand is going to get you to be a guest on podcasts. Your brand is going to get you better opportunities. Your title, your job and salary isn't going to do that for you. I would tell anybody, even if you have yeah. a great job and you have job security and you're making a ton of money, brand yourself and LinkedIn is the best place to do it. And another good thing, if you don't want to worry yep. about a website, don't worry about it. Just use LinkedIn. Yeah, that's actually a really good point uh, about the website because the beauty of LinkedIn is you are setting up, you know, you, you can be you can be very intentional with your page and with your uh, links and with your descriptions and, and content on there so that uh, for a lot of people, that would actually be a great starting point that you can do yourself, which is made by LinkedIn to be very user, like a really easy user interface compared to going, okay, where do I start with a website? Well, yeah. And also a quick tip for anybody listening, 
your LinkedIn profile should not be just a resume hub. Treat your profile like a website or treat it like an experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Don't treat it just as a place to host your resume. One of my favorite things I've heard about social media, which I, I mentioned him quite a lot because I like his content, but Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels. I remember him talking about how he failed at first when he went on social media and was scratching his head because he was putting, you know, he, he's come, he comes from a direct sales sort of background. And for him, he was on, I think, Twitter when he was talking about this, but I feel like that the, the principle applies. Now I have a question I want to ask you out of this, Kurt, but um, I remember him talking about how he was trying to push his products and his engagement just fell through the floor and he'd been really successful on other mediums. And this was his first foray into social media. And he had a chat with another guy who was really doing well. And he said, what are you doing? I can't work it out. And, and, and the guy said, yeah, I've been watching. I can see what you're doing wrong. You you're treating it like you're treating social media, like you're going on there to uh, you know, to, to, to pitch your, products to people and he said what you need to think of it is is as you know going on and whether it's twitter i think it applies for all including linkedin i'd love your thoughts though is to actually go on and imagine it's like you're at a professional um party it's like you're at a social gathering what would you do if you were at an event with all these people with cocktails and you're and you're standing in a group you would never just be pitching your product at people you'd just be interacting with them having a chat talking with them and the beauty of linkedin is it's in a professional setting like you like you described and then to view your personal page like it's your home and it's like that's where when people come back to your home that's where you can house, like you said, your website, you can house content that's going to introduce people to you who might potentially become clients and, and might work with you. And that always stuck with me as a really great sort of perspective to have on social media. Uh, what's your experience? Does that, does that feel with, uh, fit well with you? Do you disagree with that? No, that's absolutely true. And I actually did a post on something similar where, because a lot of people don't know how to I think I did this last week or the week before. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But the point is, you know, a lot of people, they change their behavior on social media. Uh, I know I did for a while, and it wasn't intentional. But it, it being on there can feel a bit unnatural. So what I teach people is, well, this applies to your behavior on LinkedIn and your profile. If you or your profile were at a party would you be engaging? Would you be standoffish? Would you be serious? Would you be funny? <laughs> you know, how would yeah. you be? So think of the same thing when, you know, when you're going back to the whole point about your profile, look at your profile and ask yourself, how does my profile come across to a third party? Does it come across engaging and friendly and warm or whatever? But anyways, back to your more <laughs> specific question. Yes. I mean, look, the best thing to do is just share your knowledge for free. Yeah, you don't give away every every secret, but just go on there and, and treat it social, like ask questions, get people involved. Um, you know, just just talk about what you do, establish yourself as an authority. And I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, which is why I coach it. But in a nutshell, yes, you're you're the, the friend you referred to is correct. You don't yeah. want to just go on there and try to sell. And plus also yes. on that note, when you do promote your, your product or service, hmm. you should promote the end result. That's yes. why if you ever see a TV commercial for mattresses, you don't ever see 
you know, they don't talk about the springs or the mattress itself. No, nobody gives a shit. They, you know, they say, they, they put up images of clouds to give you the impression of softness. They show some dude or female waking up all refreshed and, and talking about such the, a good night's sleep they had. They're, they're talking about, you know, they're, they're, the, the message they're trying to get across is the end result. Yeah, that's so good. And, and just unpacking, and I think that's actually a great question for people, no matter the size of your company, no matter what you're doing is, what's the ultimate result you offer people and how can you focus on that? I wanted to ask you about content. So that's great that you've started talking about that. For those who are listening, who are taking notes and going, okay, I need to, so if I'm going to do this personal investment, which I love, that's a great way to put it. I need to, um, you know, I need to realize there's this oil field and no one's digging wells. There's only 2%. What have you found works most effectively for your clients as a sort of starting point to start making content, knowing that I've heard the same things people go, but I can't, I hate being on video and, and it's what, like, and, and some people are perfectionists. What have you found is, is really helpful for your clients to start producing content? Good. Are you asking like, like um, when I'm giving them advice or when it comes to the kind of content I create? Well, I think both. What do you create and what advice do you give your clients to create? For, for when they're just starting out, right? Yeah. Well, I just tell them that the most important thing is just start. You know, like, for example, I repositioned myself a few months ago. But prior to that, for like a year and a half, I was, I didn't really have a niche. Uh, I, I knew that if I forced it, it wouldn't come. Because I was going back and forth. Do I want to brand myself as a chef or wine and spirits guy? But it just didn't feel right. So what did I do? I just started posting uh, content, sharing my knowledge about the business or management world. And uh, so what kind of content am I posting since I repositioned myself? I just give advice uh, uh, for people starting out. And, and, and going back to what I just said, just start. That's the most important thing, you know, just start and whatever, whenever you start posting, be consistent in whatever you do. If you're going to post three times a week, post three times a week. If it's going to be five times a week, post five times a week. If it's 8 a.m., stick to 8 a.m. If it's 7 a.m., stick to 7 a.m. Be consistent yeah. in every way, including your subject matter. And so, yeah, but, but just start, you know, don't worry about the details right away progress over perfection that's the single yeah, best that's piece good of advice i give and then and then you mm. can start working on niching down yeah and, and you know connecting um you know trying niching down and working on identifying your target audience more specifically yeah i agree progress over over the perfection ready uh, ready, fire, aim. That's one of my favorite sort of phrases because I feel like particularly online, you've got to, you've got to get ready. You've got to do, and then you got to start making progress, do, do something, be consistent, and then always be adjusting your aim based on the results and what you're doing. I love the Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Gary V quote where he says, um, you know, what, what, what is subjective is the quality of your content. It's going to be subjective. Some people will like one post, some people engage with others, it is subjective and that's where we get perfectionistic, right? But he says, what's not subjective is that you need to start now. You have to, you have to, and you have to be uh, publishing. That's not subjective. 
And so <laughs> don't get caught up in uh, the subjective quality of your posts and let it stop you from what objectively you have to do, which is really for anyone, particularly entrepreneurs, but really any company these days um, in any form and for personal investment for those who want to be a thought leader, or I think it's a great opportunity for those who are wanting to get promoted is to just start now and be consistent. I think that's great advice, Kurt. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, it's consistency is key. Um, you know, think of a store. If you go to your, I don't know, your favorite uh, bakery every morning to pick up a croissant or something. Well, what if they don't serve the same food every day? You know, what if they, or what if their menu changes every day? Uh, one day they have croissants, one day they don't. What if the times of the store change? You know, one day you go in at 8 a.m., they're open, the next day they're not. You know, that's going to drive you nuts. So, you know, you need to be consistent in that regard in, in, in every aspect because that's how people will come to depend on you and trust mm, you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, this has, been, this has been great advice. Let's jump in to Leadership Express. I've got a few more questions for you. Ready? Yep. Okay. What's a book that you've gifted to other people? Uh, you know what? Uh I haven't gifted a book to anybody in a long time. I don't know why. I just haven't. In... Oh, wait. No, I gave, I gifted. Sorry. I gifted my two assistants the uh, – I forget the name of the book. It's it's about the company Zappos. Zappos? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, by Tony. Uh... Uh, his last name, I think it's pronounced a C. C. He uh, passed away about two years ago, unfortunately. But yeah, um, that was a Delivering great happiness. Delivering yeah, happiness. It, is that the one? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the, great. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. And it, it, one of the best lessons I took out of it is just about uh, developing culture, uh, employee culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there's some great ideas in that, uh, in that book around employee culture and how, you know, some really, really great ideas. Uh, next, next question. What is a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? I would say, you know, to be honest, uh, I'm 51 and, and well, this is, I don't know if it's a leadership lesson, but the progress over perfection that yeah. really just sank in about a year ago. Cause I'm a Virgo. I'm a perfectionist. Everything has to be perfect before I do anything. <laughs> yeah. And I overanalyze and for, and for whatever reason, I just started letting it go. And I, I think somebody mentioned something to me and I thought, well, let me try it. So that would be, I, well, that's not so much leadership, but that is a significant one I've learned. And that was just like, like I said, a year, year and a half. Well, it was in 2020. So a little bit less than two years ago. Yeah, no, that's leadership, great. Let me think of, uh, Really mm. simplicity in giving direction. Not that I didn't know that before, but in my uh, my current job, everybody that works for me is part-time and they work all over the States. Yes. So, you know, when you don't have people in the same room, a message can get muddled very easily. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, um, that's really interesting. Fascinating. Um, Thank you for sharing that. So next, uh, next question, I guess, would be around uh, any advice you've received that really stands out in your mind. So a great piece of advice you've received. Oh, man, there's a lot. 
<laughs> why, why don't we come back to that one? Because I want to, you know, and I've, and I've received a lot of advice on LinkedIn because I've spent mm. a lot of time on LinkedIn. Yeah. Let me, um, well, the, the progress over perfection is one. Yeah. But, but, um, you know, probably this wasn't advice. I kind of learned it, but, it, but I saw it based on a post somebody had, they, they, they have ADHD, which, which I realize I learned I now have, well, I think I've always had it. And it like, as the doctor confirmed when he, when we went over the results of my test, this is like about a month and a half ago. Um, when I'm in a kitchen in a chaotic environment with too much going on and many things going on, that's redundant, I guess. Uh, I excel when I have too much to do and not enough time I excel, but when I'm working in the piece of my home office, I get distracted easy. It's hard for me to sit still. Mm. It's hard for me to focus. So I've had to, so one of the best lessons I've learned was, and this was some, something somebody, when, you know, when they told me the symptoms of ADHD, that's where I got, I'm like, oh, uh, that sounds like me. So I got checked and I do have wow. that and a little bit of bipolar minus the depression. I don't have that, thank God. And um, so really uh, managing yourself. Mm. For example, I use an Apple watch and I don't remember to do this as much as I should, but set the timer for 30 minutes anytime I do a task and then take a break. Yeah. Because I know myself, if I, if I stay on a task for an hour, I start screwing on, uh, screwing around on YouTube. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll uh, just, I don't know, like, Oh, let me go take a shower or <laughs> let me go see what's on TV or let me look out the window when there's no reason to, but I just want to look out there anyways, because I'm distracted. So yeah. when my mind starts wandering, that's when I know it's time to take a break. So really, to answer your question, understanding myself better and managing myself better. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great thought. Uh, what's a big struggle or problem that you see leaders, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, managers uh, facing when it comes to their personal brand? Well, the consistency is one. The other thing is, You've got to, first of all, you have to determine exactly. So you should be able to, you know, what is the problem you're solving? Who is your target audience and how do you do it? You've got to narrow that down clearly. Here, let me give you an example. Let's say I, I brand myself as a chef instructor and I, and I teach people how to cook. Well, I could say uh, I, I teach people how to cook, but that's pretty broad. Well, what are you teaching them how to cook? Baking, pastry, uh, <laughs> uh, Turkish food, Italian food, all food. That's not, that's too broad. You got to be specific. So let me break that down more. Let's say I'm a vegetarian chef and I teach people how to cook vegetarian food. Okay. We've got to narrow it down a bit more. Let's be even more specific. I'm a vegan chef and I teach people how to cook vegan food. You got to narrow it down even more. But how about if I'm a vegan chef, that focuses on gluten-free vegan cuisine. Well, that's pretty specific. You know, the, the ironic thing is, is it, most people, they're not, they don't niche down enough because they're afraid they won't get clients. But the, uh, the, the ironic mm. thing is, is if, 
if you're too broad and you're trying to appeal to too large of an audience, you're actually not going to get as good of uh, uh, engagement or leads or clients as if you pick a specific niche. Yes. You know, like, like uh, here's an example. Let's hmm. use pet food. You ever seen any of these people that are like nuts about their dog? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love animals. Don't get me wrong. But let's say I, I market pet food. Let's say I have a pet food company. Well, that's too broad. But have you ever heard of that company, uh, BarkBox, I think it's called? Mm, yes. I think it's called BarkBox. At any rate, they're a dog food company. But what they do is they cater to not just anybody, but dog enthusiasts, like people that just are nuts about their dog. You know, and you can even get personalized, uh, mm. like boxes of dog food, like like the, like the dog can't fucking read, but the people can, and they love that because they're nuts about their dog. <laughs> you know, so they're really. I mean, they even use like some of the language in their ads. They'll use like, "Oh, your dog is going to love this more than a million tummy scratches," because you know dogs like to have their tummy scratched. And you know, they they've really niche down and they've ident they've identified their target audience and then the other thing is you need to appear in the eyes of your target audience as one of their tribe so here's another example to illustrate it more let's say i i sell surfboards or surfing products let's say they're the best surfing products on earth but if i look like say a harvard professor sound like a harvard professor and I, and, and all my ads look like, you know, I, you know, they reek of Harvard professor. Well, that's not going to get through to the target audience, but if I look like a surfer, I sound like a surfer and my products are tailored to surfers. Well, then I'm going to come across more as my target audience's tribe, so to speak. So in other words, they'll be able to relate to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like you know, that. Yes. Imagine if, uh, Imagine if, uh, I don't know, um, Martha Stewart was, uh, you know who that is, right? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know I don't know if you guys, and I don't know how she, big she is in Australia. Imagine yeah, if, if Harley Davidson started using her to market their motorcycles. They What? No. Uh, so it, it, to, to, to do a quick recap of all of that I just said, make sure that you have identified exactly what your niche is and make sure that everything you do is tailored to your target audience, including the language you speak and how you deliver your content, how your content looks and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, tailor your niche for your personal brand, personal brand, your personal investment. Love that. Uh, well, for those who want to find you, where can they find you online, Kurt? Uh, KurtSasak.net. That's C-U-R-T-S-A-S-S-A-K.net. That's my website. I'm adding yep. some more things to it. And then they can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I do LinkedIn coaching and I do free consultation calls if anybody needs. And uh, I love, I just love helping people. And, and, you know, so if anybody even just has a question and they want to shoot me a DM and say, hey, I heard you on Jono's podcast. Uh, I had a question. Hey, sure. I'm happy to help. Yeah. Thank you. That's very generous. 
Uh, well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Hopefully there'll be a bunch of you who are going to go and invest in your personal brand or that personal investment we talked about, which I really love that idea, personal insurance um, uh, through LinkedIn. And don't forget for our listeners, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and Leadership Question of the Day Podcast, two other places where you can hear uh, content about leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Kurt Sasek for coming on and being so generous with your time and uh, sharing some of your story and also sharing some wisdom about LinkedIn. It's been great to, to chat with you, Kurt. Thanks so much. Well, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders and you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. 
And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.